Hey, welcome to the 180th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. I'm Matt Unlow. And I'm Warren Kaplan. Today on the podcast, we have Audrey Moore. She's an awesome actress that's been on some of my favorite shows, including Godless, The OA, Better Call Saul. But more interestingly to us, she's also a podcast host. We love podcasting. Well, her podcast is like kind of the acting version of our podcast. Yeah, certainly. It's called Audrey Helps Actors. It's aimed at actors who need help with the business side and the business architecture of being a working actor. She's got a really analytical mind and a really disciplined mindset. And she's trying to help people learn the things that she's already learned and basically systematize being an actor. Because basically the bottom line is like kind of like with a filmmaker some people get lucky and those are the stories you hear but for the people who don't just kind of like catch lightning in a bottle there has to be a plan and a way to actively build your career and she's so methodical about the way that she approaches acting it's really fascinating and so she's a strong advocate for actors she's really curious and wants to learn more about what we as filmmakers have to help actors. It's just a really insightful, passionate conversation about being an artist and being a professional. Just like our podcast, she is trying to target that very wide margin of actors between the new struggling actors and the ones that are winning Oscars. There's all the rest of us. And that's kind of how we are. It's like, you know, the people we talk to, they didn't haven't necessarily won an Oscar yet, but they're also not fresh off the car to LA and trying to figure it out. So The other thing that, again, parallels our show is it seems like she feels that a lot of actors are already preloaded with all the art. They've done Shakespeare. They've done Arthur Miller. They've done acting for Cameron. But they haven't spent nearly that same amount of time working on the business side of things. Yeah. And that's what she tries to impart to people. And it's not really just for new actors because, as we all know, the business side of things changes like every day. Like she just had this casting director on and the casting director is talking about how different things are today than they were even like two or three years ago and so it's a great resource for actors and even filmmakers and people that are casting other people to keep up with what is going on with casting and acting and all that stuff today yeah i I find that listening to people who are driven and analytical in slightly different fields is always really inspiring to me. If you're filmmaking adjacent, the parallels are so obvious that if you're paying attention, you're just kind of soaking up all these great ideas and great parallel techniques, basically, that you can incorporate into your filmmaking career. And so to me, Audrey's show is a really great resource, not just for actors, but also for filmmakers as well, who want to up their game. So in the interview, we go really deep into how actors think about acting and how they maybe should think about acting. And we also kind of do a deep dive into like the confidence it takes to tell people that you are what you are, whether you are telling people that you're a director, whether you're telling people you're a writer or an actor, there's something about that switch and that dedication and that commitment that leads to confidence that makes people want to work with you. Yeah, the parallels are so overt and obvious that I think we all three of us had a really special, fun conversation digging in on understanding the other side of the camera a little bit better. This also is the first episode of our actor intensive. Ooh, I like the, yeah, the intensive. That's great. Yeah, we're doing a, a mini series basically. We had such a great time with our development mini series that we thought this is a great way to focus on a different aspect of directing in a more concise way. So, we'll have multiple episodes of 
sort of entrepreneurial actors over the next few weeks to kind of dig in on the craft of acting because it's not a thing that we really get to talk about too much on the show. I'm really excited about our lineup. It's all actors that have been in many things that you've definitely heard of or seen and they all talk about their interaction with our side of the camera and a lot of them are working on you know behind the camera nowadays. Um, Well before we uh, hop into our conversation with Audrey we do have a little bit of housekeeping our Patreon hats are back in stock. Uh, it continues to grow. If you want to throw a couple bucks our way to help grow the show, help support things, help give us a little bit of latitude to experiment, maybe do some bonus episodes, our live shows, all of the stuff that kind of over the last year or two we've been able to expand and and you know improve the show basically, and I think in pretty significant ways, and therefore grow the community of, of just shoot it listeners who can kind of all. Uh, communicate with one another go to patreon.com slash just shoot it button <laughs> yeah or patreon.com maybe you'll find another cool show you want to patronize yeah, nah, nah. don't start searching start, start with ours but also listen you know a buck for us a buck for somebody else sounds great to me yeah so the way the hat thing works is if you uh, become a ten dollar a month patron you will get a free just shoot it hat and if you want to change your pledge from ten dollars to one dollar the next month which I've noticed quite a few people have done <laughs> yeah. as soon as they receive their hats. Uh, that is totally cool. Um, with us, we are just excited that people are involved in supporting the show. But you got to send me a selfie. Oh, with wearing the hat. I got to see it. Or yeah. the sticker. We've been sending the stickers to people, too. Uh, we need more selfies. Come on, guys. Yeah. Uh, and we pretty much use the money to lose less on our live shows and on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And yeah. pay our editor, and uh, yeah, so we'll check let it out. you know when we break even. Yeah, maybe in a year or two. We'll see. Yeah. patreoncom slash pod. Thank you. Before we get into the show, we've got Zach Lepofsky. He's the creator of Shotlister, uh, and he's also a filmmaker. He's here to talk to us a little bit more about the Shotlister app. So, Zach, you are the creator. You're the man behind this incredible app. And you're a filmmaker, so you must have a specific story. You must have a time when you were like, thank God I invented this app. How did it save the day for you? <laughs> well, it's very that's very true. I actually uh, built the app because I made my very first movie, which was actually an MOW for the sci-fi channel called Tasmanian Devils, about giant oh. man-eating Tasmanian devils. An MOW, for those that don't know, movie of the week. Starring Winnie Cooper from The Wonder Years, killing Tasmanian devils. We went to college together. It's the best Tasmanian Devil movie ever made. But anyway, every day on that shoot, it was just one of those shoots where everything went wrong every day, and uh, which I'm very grateful for because no shoot has ever been as bad as that. So, Because you invented Shotlister thereafter. Well, that's very true. I invented it so that I could basically manage all my shots and change the plan because every day the plan would change. And there was this one day where we were supposed to shoot all the stuff with the helicopter because uh, they fly into Tasmania on this helicopter because they're daredevils there to see Tasmanian devils. Get it? Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> that's pretty good, man. That's pretty but good. But they, you know, on the helicopter day, the helicopter didn't show up. Uh, was it going to fly in or were you? No, it was being, it was like, it was going to be on a truck because it wasn't actually a real helicopter. Like all the guts were taken out of it. So you could like, you know, put it on cranes and like swing mm-hmm. it around and stuff, which was our plan until it didn't show up. So then quickly, you know, the crew standing around and I basically moved all the shots around. I was using a prototype of Shotlister at the time that I had built and uh, rebuilt a whole schedule from scratch on the day. 
and uh, you know, we made our day. We, we went and shot a bunch of inserts that we needed and a bunch of other stuff. And actually by like lunchtime, the helicopter did show up. So then we had to cram. Oh, were you pulling shots like from the next day into today? Can you do that in shot? Yeah, exactly. If anyone's used like movie magic scheduling for like creating a one-liner, it's very similar, but it's for shots instead of scenes. Is there a martini emoji on the, <laughs> the last shot of the day? That's the question. It can actually use any emoji in the keyboard. So go to town. And how is Winnie Cooper? Was she just like showing off her math skills the whole time? <laughs> uh, well, she does save the day with her incredible skills. She takes all the parts of their crash Jeep and builds a flamethrower out of Jeep parts. Oh, I've done that. And then uses the flamethrower to, you know, roast Tasmanian devils. And the special <laughs> effects team actually built the flamethrower out of only Jeep parts. What? With a real flame? Well, you know, they put a, they hit a propane tank in the gasoline tank, but it, every sure. every part you could see was from a Jeep. So wow. she's pretty badass in it. But uh, yeah, check out that movie and check out Shalister. Let's say, you know, $14 for an app. That's like, I need to really like an app to invest that much. Like, is there any way I could preview it for free? Yeah, could you uh, hook us up? Well, I'll do you even better than a preview. How about I just give you a free copy and give a copy to anyone who's listening? Wait, what? <laughs> can't be, that can't be true, right? How could this guy make any money? Wait, but how, are you serious? How would you get a free, how would you give a free copy away? Basically, what we're going to do is anyone who emails just shoot it pod at shotlister.com. Uh, we're going to give away 50 copies every month. So even if you're listening to this, you know, 30 years from now, email just shoot it pod at shotlister.com and we'll give you a, a free copy as long as we haven't given away 50 that month. But then just email us the next month. Yeah. 30 years from now, people are going to be like, wait, the biggest podcast of all time has an email address at Shotlister. What do they have to write in the email? Uh, just let us know what platform you want, either you know, Mac OS, iOS, Android, or whatever platform exists 30 years from now. We'll also have that on your holographic display shot lister. We'll, we'll give you a copy of that as well. Um, well, awesome. Well, thanks for talking to us, Zach. And if you have tried out shot lister, send us a picture of yourself using it. Put it on Instagram. Tag us at just shoot it pod. Tag shot lister at shot lister and let us know what you think of it. And here is Audrey Moore. All right. Audrey. Hi. How do you pronounce your last name? It's Helps Actors? Audrey Helps Actors is my last name. Yeah, you gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. Oh, I always yeah. thought okay, Helps okay, was your middle name. Yeah, <laughs> Helps is my middle name. Actors is my... Is that my, Swedish? Right. It is Swedish, yeah. 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 A, a Swedish and a German, I think. Helps Actors. Yeah, yeah. How was yeah. your midsummer? Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I didn't... What what happens in midsummer? Do they all die? Is that what happens? Yeah. I survived? Yeah, yeah. I survived. <laughs> you made it through. Right? Boy. You guys don't. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, right. yeah. Orin hasn't Out seen it. Out the gate. <laughs> Come on. You can look at the preview and know that. Yeah, yeah. That's what Matt dies. keeps telling me about every movie. He's like, well, you saw the trailer, right? I'm like, <laughs> right. no, I didn't see the, it. You didn't? This is you not a slight. You all the day? No, I did. Uh, but I, uh, anyway. You guys, well, spoiler, that, that was going to be my, my um, unpaid, unpaid endorsement. Yeah, I really loved oh, Midsommar. Oh, you do like it? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't stopped thinking about it. Did you see it yet, Jesse? Uh, so every listeners know, well, I'll be constantly referring to my husband, who's the producer of uh, the podcast that I do, Audrey Helps Actors, uh, but he likes to sit in the corner and not participate. Uh, he nods his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Encouragement, though, right? Oh, That's totally good. encouraging. Yeah. yeah. I was listening to your last episode, and I heard you, like, high-five someone, and I was like, is she just, like, clapping her hand? <laughs> <laughs> or is there someone with her? Because it was yes. during your intro. Oh, Right. Yeah, that was probably you, right? Yeah, that was him. See, oh, he's good. nods silently. Yeah, yeah. That's what he does. Okay. We have yeah. a friend who does a podcast called Respect the Process, and mm. he like must have paid 
like a voiceover actor years mm-hmm. ago mm-hmm. to like do like the intro. Yeah. But he always does bits as though she's in the room. It's like, <laughs> Helen, what do you think? Should we mention my <laughs> new course is coming out? Nah, we don't want to plug my course. Yeah. I've done that too much. Uh, it, <laughs> I he love does that. It every episode, and it's always charming. It's really I, good. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a lot of self awareness. Her name's Helen. In it. Yeah, yeah. What's up, Helen? Every, my favorite bit is when he'll be like, "Well, Helen, what do you think of that?" That, and she'll she'll go. Uh, you know, respect the process or just like a clear like soundbite that doesn't make any sense yeah. at all. It's so good. But he'll it. also, yeah. he'll like make changes on his show and he'll be like, oh, Helen, Helen is telling me that the music, intro music is just getting boring. So we're trying something <laughs> new. Yeah. I Very love true. this. It's like um, Mr. What is his name on Tim the Toolman Taylor? He's got the guy that you never see. Oh, the sure. Yeah, the neighbor. Yeah. Mr. Wilson? Can't be Mr. Sounds, Wilson, isn't it? Sounds right. I think and it's Wilson. It's not Mr. Wilson. It I think it's Wilson, just Wilson. But right? I never made the connection. Yeah, Mr. Wilson. That, that must have been I'm sure. intentional. I know. Yeah. How many things do you watch now that you realize were You're clearly like, brilliantly oh. intentional, but you were too young to understand the brilliance of it? Hmm. Almost none. Really? Yeah. yeah. You guys yeah, yeah. don't watch enough cartoons. That's <laughs> what I have to say. Or Orin's just very smart. Yeah, well, he's too smart for it. Yeah, that's I right. don't get references. Uh, so, so Audrey, uh, so you're an actress. I am. Oh, actually, that was my first question. Oh, so great. I, I heard you on your podcast refer to actresses as actresses. Yes. What's your take on it? I don't think it matters. Okay. That's <laughs> what I think, but I feel like a jerk every time I say the word actress. It's just like by instinct I say it, but then people are like, well, you don't say doctress. You say no. doctor. Yeah, but you could just say actor either way. Yeah, I th- yeah. I feel like I, you know, if I'm just talking to the ladies, I would probably be like, you know, a lot of you actresses out there, mm-hmm. instead of being like, a lot of you actors who have vaginas, just know sure. this is something maybe you'll come across, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Right? Fair enough. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like a, you're saying it's a more specific Yeah, word. it's it, well, I do think that there are obviously um, certain issues just like anything that affect uh, different people in different ways. You know, uh, actors who've been at it for 40 years have uh, certain um, th- obstacles that they're getting around that's different than, you know, somebody who's 20, right? And just like that's somebody, uh, I think that actresses have certain things that they maybe are up against mm-hmm. in a way that's different than actors and not in a better or worse way necessarily, just in a sure. way worth addressing sometimes. Yeah, fair mm-hmm. enough. Okay, cool. Well, there we go. Well, done. <laughs> done. Yeah. yeah. And we're wrapped. <laughs> cool. Great work. Uh, you know, uh, so we'll do like a little intro, mm-hmm. you know, after the episode wraps and all sure. that stuff, just kind of setting things up. But just for our own, because I don't know your origin story, oh, right? Great. You're a working actor, right? Yes. Uh huh. And you have a podcast. I do. Where you help actors. That's right. Um, give us the genesis of that. Let's kind of start from the beginning a little bit. Yeah. So I have a podcast wherein I help actors as Audrey and uh, it started as a real desire to a fill an actor's time and uh, you both uh, live and love actresses so you know how that can go Uh, it can be lots of bangs and lots of lulls and busts Mm -hmm. and it's important I find to have something to do in your lulls of your career that can keep you from becoming a crazy person to your agent. Mm -hmm. So it was partly born out of that for my own selfish interest. It was also born out of a real feeling like when it comes to the business side of acting, when it comes to the practical, how do you get Mm -hmm. seen? How do you build a career that 
makes money, makes money and consistently makes money that, you know, people can then take, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's teaching that in any of your university levels and any of your anything really. Sure. And there's not even like a Leslie Kahn there like business of acting. It's class. starting to happen where I actually think it's because a lot of people from the podcast are very fervent, as you can imagine, actors. It's a fervent group. Sure, sure. And they are all in these acting classes and they're telling, I think, their teachers how what's so great about it is, you know, it's a podcast that really addresses like some practical tools and knowledge about working mm-hmm. as, in this industry as an actor. Because the the lot that we're sold, and I know you've talked about this with um, with writing and directing and filmmaking, is you go to these schools and they basically sell you that like you're going to be the next... Yeah, you're a genius. Lead, right, yeah, yeah, the next yeah. legend, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's I haven't how, figured out that I'm not yet. <laughs> right, but, and me neither at school. Yeah, I'm that's le- why we have podcasts. Always in the making. Legend yeah, sure. always in the making, <laughs> yeah. right? And... The people who are teaching you that are teaching you that acting is really like the talent is it. Mm -hmm. That it's like acting and proficiency as an actor is really what matters. And I could tell through my own personal journey and through the journey of those that I loved that that wasn't the full story. It isn't that it doesn't matter. It absolutely does. But there's... A reason why certain people work and work consistently and if you're an actor who isn't there's something to be solved there and simply giving some perspective some insight having other guests on other actors who are working and uh, providing a little insight of just exactly what you guys are doing for this of like what is the practical reality of how Mm -hmm. I get funding for a film what's the practical reality of like what is a one pager like what does that look like right and so for me it's like how does a casting director know you Mm -hmm. how do they know you over time how do they why would they call you in uh how do you get an agent how do you get a better agent and also like dispelling this real this myth that really leaves us all really angry really heartbroken uh a lot of shame, a lot of internal shame and frustration because we're sold that we're magic. Mm-hmm. And then we do what we know to do, which is to just be the best actors in the room that we know how to be. And then that seems like that's not enough. I always think of it as like, you're the most magical person in your hometown and everybody knows it. Yeah. And then all those magical people are sent to LA. Yes. And then you always hear these stories uh, so my dad lives in Israel and mm. um, there's I, I've been there many times. And there's all these celebrities there that have like they're like the most famous person in Israel. Yeah. And they come here and they cannot sure. break through or yeah. any other market. We really. have those yeah. friends. We have yeah. friends who are famous in their other countries, too. And like nobody and you, cares. Yeah, because you're up against the best people in the world here. Yeah. And, not, and in filmmaking and directing and writing. And yeah. Um, and it's, you know, they always say like when you in any other major in college when mm-hmm. you graduate you like apply for a job you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in in the entertainment industry there's no sure. place to apply for a job it 100%. took me years i didn't know i didn't really realize that honestly like i applied uh, yes. for jobs I, yeah. I graduated and was like okay well i'm gonna go get a job and worked at like at corporation.com yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I literally signed yeah. up for monster.com because yeah. that yeah. works yeah exactly yeah um 
yeah, and it wasn't until years later that I was like, oh, a director doesn't have a full-time job often. Yeah, I mean, that's something that, you know, uh, Jesse, my husband, uh, who produces the podcast and I talk about frequently, is the difference between what you guys do as filmmakers versus actors is like, we actually get auditions. Mm-hmm, sure. And that's something that, you know, I think a lot of filmmakers really crave is yeah. like, if I could just come, if I could just go to bat, like I, sure. I'm yeah. amazing at problem solving. Like, let me go to bat. I'll fucking, you know, right. if I can't knock it out now, I'm going to figure out how to right, knock it out. Right. Cause that's one thing that writers and directors are great at is like solving problems. Right. That's the gift of commercials actually. It is, is that like you get sent boards and you're like, Oh, do I respond to this? Mm. I can find a way to fall in love with it. Yes. That's right. so true. And, and the gift of just like, hey, this is the thing you're going to focus on for a couple of days. Mm. But mm-hmm. it's the same exact barrier. You like, how do I, so how do I get an audition for like an HBO miniseries? Yes. It's not right out of college. You get that. No. Unless, Unless something happens. Your parents are friends with some producer or something. But honestly, the truth is, and this is what I say about on the podcast, which I do think is what makes acting so different than all the other art forms, is they say that the real hard pill to swallow is that it really can just be magical luck. Yeah, I mean, really sure. can be. I believe a career sustained over a length of time isn't just pure magical luck, but you can have the right casting for the right trend at the right moment with the right training, with the right opportunities, and bam, out of nowhere, you hit some gold. Yeah. Right. And, and those are the people that we all grew up admiring. Not only just grew up, those are the people that we still fixate because now that you, what the further in you go, the more you understand what the machine of publicity mm-hmm. and what we're really doing here is selling this American dream, uh, which I, I know sounds really jaded and I don't mean it to be, but it's, you know, the stories that, that, that actors are hearing of, you know, this luck of these pops mm-hmm. Well, of course, those are the stories because we're all perpetuating this idea of, you know, what I call the Harry Potter syndrome, that you just are inherently magical and mm-hmm. nobody told you. And of course, we want to feel that way. Sure. Like, who doesn't want to feel like we're the chosen one? And like, someone's just going to come up to us and be like, there you are. And I always say to actors, I say, I want you to be the chosen one. I really do. I want you to be at the Beverly Center. Mm-hmm. I want you to be at Union Station, Union Square station two, be on the train, sure. whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. And I want somebody to just think like, wow, you are right for this role and pluck you out and be like, are you an actor? And you're like, why? Yes, I am. And then magic ensues right. and you're really you famous. But on the off chance that that doesn't happen, sure. I think that it's important that actors know that there is just like any business real business structure that's happening here Mm -hmm. and there is a way to over time take hold of a market and your place in it Mm -hmm. that's really fascinating yeah yeah but also it's not an off chance that that doesn't happen it's like the on chance and i think there's like we have this obsession with youth and like overnight Mm -hmm. wonders like the Ryan Coogler's or yes. the Diablo Cody's or yes. whatever that like just out of nowhere they like made a huge hit. Yeah. But I read this statistic yesterday that I'm like 90% sure is fake. Yes. Um, but it said that 
that the average age of like a founder of like a super successful, like a mega successful tech startup mm. was is 45. Yes. Even though the person we picture is like the Mark sure. Zuckerberg. Yeah, it's 20. Well, the average age, uh, I think that uh, Jesse had done the research on this. Uh, the average age of selling your first script is 37. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's like 37. And that to be a staff writer is the... Um, is the number equivalent of making it into the NBA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. But like, why aren't they telling you that? <laughs> sure. Like, oh, hey, you want to be in... See, he's adjusting my sound. We warned him. <laughs> they warned him. Like, if you want to... Oh, you want to be a staff writer? Awesome. So you're trying to be in the NBA. Sure. Yeah, I think but, it would just be good. Yeah, Listen, but we want... I mean, that, there's a lot of people in the NBA. Like, if, sure, if you spent but, your whole life working towards being in the NBA... Sure. Then you're that's your goal, and if you're spending also, your whole life trying to write film or TV, then if yeah, you're 25 and you're trying to be in the in the NBA, NBA that's you're in real story. trouble. If yes. you're 36 and you're trying to be in the NBA, sure, you know that's a you you see what I I'm saying? What you're saying but, there's like but all relationships and all that stuff. Is an understanding I'm saying about if you subtract the physical no, sure, requirements, right. right? No, but but that's important, is what I'm saying. Right, right. I'm saying like you have. A runway X amount of time to, to like, make it into the NBA, and right. you have more time to make it as a writer. Yeah, you basically have to be like a true, teenager. But right? the twenty-five-year-old writer that I don't want to quit writing doesn't get that. Sure. The twenty-five-year-old writer that I want to keep going because he's really his his stories are valuable. Like he doesn't understand that it's just going to take more time because he's been sold sure. that like he's magical instead That's of like the magic. Yeah. Th- instead of like there's. It's you're trying to get into the NBA, and that's there's that's really hard. Sure, yeah, I guess it, it's interesting to think about the idea of being a staff writer mm-hmm. as like I I feel like if you go to film schools now and you're yes. like hey like who wants to do be what a staff or whatever writer. be yeah. a staff like no one's Nobody. like hey I want to be a baby writer <laughs> right. on something right so right. like it, in a weird way it feels like settling I think or or that first but, real reality check of like oh this is actually there's a tier to this I'm not yes. just going to sell my own TV show right out of the gate yes but that's to me so important for somebody to be telling everybody sure is, yeah. is that it's not that you know those those five to 10 years, which I think are really important creative years that, you know, between the decision to, you know, and I don't want to just talk to the, to the people out there who are like graduating from college and then are wherever they are at in this thing, because there are a lot of people that I call like second generation artists, right? Like they had their first career in engineering and then they have their second career in whatever, right? Podcasting. Podcasting, right? That's a great, great uh, <laughs> successful sure. yeah. financial world. Of, I have a uh, six-year runway on yeah, engineering. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. But, you know, I those to those people too, and I actually find that the second-generation artists, their second-act artists is what I call them, actually come at it in such a wonderful way because they've already understood business and something else. Mm-hmm. They understood like business, marketplace like the value of just like putting in your work over time learning the lessons you know adjusting what you need to but they've never faced rejection in the way that we do well that's true but i find that they understand that like it's not going to be easy in the beginning because they've already had a career where it wasn't easy in the beginning Mm -hmm. even though it was easier the understanding of like well, it takes time to build a career is right. something that like they've internalized authentically already. they understand. Yeah. They're I, also usually not 22, two, which sure. makes it easier, yeah, yeah. To, you know. I think of the grad students uh, in my, like oh, God. when I would be like 
around them as an undergrad. Mm-hmm. And there were always a few people like that are your your um your second generation. Second act, yeah. second act thank you. Uh-huh. Second act artists. Mm-hmm. And as like a shithead teenager being like, Well, who are these weirdos who are really yeah. taking it seriously? Yeah, right. It's like, oh, they just spent forty five thousand dollars. And they year. understand what that means. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're leaving their families to be here with us. Right. Yeah, yeah. And they exactly. understand the cost of not only going to school, but the cost of not being in a profession in right. the years that you're in school. Right. Like that blew my mind. I was like, Oh, it's not just expensive to go to college, but it's expensive because you're not in the working industry making money and learning actual experience and relationships so that's fascinating but for me i feel that talking to artists and letting them know the game that they're actually playing is really valuable Mm -hmm. because i think you know they're smart they're creative they love to find problems they love to just shoot it on a weekend you know like whatever it takes right and it's a hungry group of people it's a it's a a famished group of people yeah and they can't afford food yeah they're so hungry Um, starving yeah i guess the one thing i just think thinking out loud like the people that have kind of been in a corporate world or Mm. have had kind of regular careers before this might have more of an understanding that they need to create value in whatever work they Mm -hmm. do and i think a lot of young people come here and they're like why aren't you giving me a chance like why aren't you trusting why aren't you calling me in why aren't you giving me a call back why aren't you and it's like they're they're thinking of everything from the perspective of like why aren't you doing something for, for me? me? And it, there, there's this transition of like you thinking like well what am I contributing to this yes. project? Right. You know, yes. um, which is like a different mindset and it it's a, a business different strategy. Mindset. Yeah, yeah. I would say like that's to me a business mindset of like what value am I adding? And like when actors come to me and they talk about agents and they. You know, nobody understands agents. I don't know how it is in the writer's world, but in the actor world, we're all like, we don't know what's happening back there, right? But there does seem to be real truth to like when people sign with certain agents, magically, Mm -hmm. they suddenly get opportunities. They're not better or worse actors than they were yesterday when they didn't have that agent, but now suddenly they get those opportunities. And so wanting to like skip the line and get with those agents, and I'm sort of like, okay, but what do you offer so mm-hmm. they can make money off of you. Right. And I find nobody's told actors, like, you don't understand. They're paying their rent on you. Who is like, you Well, they're really what? paying their rent on packaging fees. True, that's true. Well, now they are. that's it. Hi-yo. But also even that, packaging fees. Sure. Like, I'm getting inundated with emails, and I have friends who are on series. I have friends who book guest star after recurring guest star after guest star, and they can't get a fucking meeting mm-hmm. i don't know why i like suddenly at an got, agent at an agency See? they can't get a fucking meeting sure right and and there are people that like because there's always these excuses of like well they're only doing diverse well a lot of mm-hmm. these people are diverse sure, right sure. or they're all you know uh straight white men are out well these are diverse women a lot of them right can't get a fucking meeting and i started being really horrified by that and scared and then when i was able to sit down and talk to my contacts and as you do and and get the scoop and find out about packaging mm-hmm. and uh, the number that I was told is 85% of the roles are going into packaging. And uh, you were talking to agents? I was or? talking to agents, managers, and casting directors mm-hmm. that like 85% of the roles are going into packaging. And by that you mean like if there's a hundred roles in a movie, eighty five yes. of them are going to the people that are clients of this agency. This agency or one of the agencies. So it's like if um 
you know, if one of the showrunners is raised by CEA and the other person is innovative, then it's going down those branches. And for me as a business person, I'm like, well, of course it is. If I'm innovative. But why would that prohibit an actor from getting a meeting with CAA or innovative? Well, because it's not about getting a meeting with CAA or innovative. To me, it's about getting the agent before CAA or innovative, mm-hmm. right? It's like, how can I get with Gersh? How can I get with... Gersh Alan isn't Marks, so you bad, know? you guys. What? They're super great. <laughs> Everybody loves Gersh. You know, but the agencies that and are very, like... Very, yeah. They're, they're but the ones Gersh. that are really good, but aren't the ones that are known right now mm-hmm. f- and being sued for intensive packaging, right? So... These agencies, uh, with packaging, what's actually happening is a lot of agents are quitting being agents and they're going into being managers mm-hmm, sure. because they can't even, they can't make anything happen. Right. Yeah. Well, and you can also produce. It's like managing yeah, 100%. is so much Managing is so much yeah. more loose, right? Yeah. Well, I think this is interesting. I'd love to hear your opinion, Matt. I think like as an actor, one of the things, and, and I'm not an actor, so yes. feel free to correct me, but one of the things that you do when you first move to LA is... Mm. Sure, you're trying to book roles and you're doing Groundlings, recent your short films, student films, whatever you're doing, but mm-hmm. you're really trying to court an agent or a manager or a rep of some sort, mm-hmm. right? You want to be in a showcase and you're mm-hmm. trying to get agents there or renew this mm-hmm. diversity CBS thing and mm-hmm. everyone's going to be there and you might get reps and it's like so much of your work is focused on getting representation because that's yes. kind of the gateway to auditions. As a filmmaker, yeah, we have agents and managers and lawyers and, <laughs> and you're firing but, them right now but, yeah yeah but i feel like we're not um on the iring bay uh we're not jay for real cut that part out um but i feel like uh, as filmmakers we're not really making stuff for agents and managers in the yeah. way that actors there's are not like, a hey, showcase my reel. mentality exactly well yeah. i Yes. And I would say to to what I hear from writers and directors is they, uh, you know, they really wish there was because they would love, again, the opportunity to show their work on a consistent enough basis that they could then compete. Because part of what's so hard about what you guys do, like I love, I'm so glad that the next people you're having on are um, people who are actor producers, people Mm -hmm. who've crossed over because I Pro actors. Yeah, exactly. Pro actors. Um, I die when actors come up to me and they're like, I'm just going to make my own stuff. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, I want you to know, A, way harder, which they can't even fathom. Sure. B, way, way more expensive. Like you want to be in a movie, like show up to the audition, maybe spend a few grand this year on workshops, maybe spend an extra couple grand on really good headshots, maybe do a few showcases. And stay in acting class. We're talking like a few grand of investment. You want to produce a what short about, this and weekend? And steroids, right? And so many steroids. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things about this town. Yeah, he's on a lot of drugs. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, no Cast him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Action. Yeah. Felony? Those Lots of drugs? Don't Bring him on. Out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like... Um, I feel yeah. like... I, I, your you point... I, 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 lo- I love the point. <laughs> I, as a counterpoint, though, because I, I think it is important as a show called Just Shoot It. Mm-hmm. I, I totally... Look, I've sat through plenty and, of like... And by the we, way, Audrey improvised started her scenes. own podcast in her downtime. <laughs> right, <laughs> to yeah. help actors, right? I may. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Um, right, but also to fill... Yes, to, to be right. product creative and productive sure, and sure. Right. make things on your own without waiting for But how many people you? start podcasts that they're like, I'm just going to start a podcast. And you're like, Too no, many. you don't understand. Like, I mean, I, I did a sure. podcast panel and they're like, oh, this is a podcast. And I'm like, I want you guys to know it's not easy. 
Like it's yeah. not quick. It's not random. And what they want is something that's like, I'll just like do this thing. And then bam, I'm whatever her name is who created that. The British girl who created the Phoebe Waller, whatever her name is, yeah. Phoebe Waller, and they all, everyone's like, "I'll be her now." Or before then, it was like, "I'll be Mindy Kaling." Like Mm -hmm. everyone just thinks they're gonna like. Well, don't you think podcasts are like the new Twitter? Like, like oh, (laughs) Megan Amram made a Twitter. Yeah, shit. My dad says. I I guess. And now it's like. Here's my voice. <laughs> right. to, to me, sorry. So In there's an hour and a half episode. There's two. There's two things to think about. One, yes. I guess, a lot of what you're saying is just like, hey, surprise, entertainment is hard. That's right. And, uh, I guess, I I guess I haven't been around people who mm. are surprised by that idea in a while. Do you Correct. know what I mean? Yeah, you don't. Um, hang out with as many sure. actors as maybe that is true i do yeah yeah right, definitely yes. uh-huh. i just like the that just that a naivete. Naivete. naivete i make sure yeah. i usually tell the ad's to have them not look me in the eye <laughs> right that's right yeah but, you know i like right. write notes to them yeah right exactly. yeah, yeah 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 you'll have the ad listen convey yeah. what you're talking they get the point yeah, yeah, they right. see my face yes yeah. like, exactly mm, again 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 let me know when they did it right good this time please um sorry so enough bits on being terrible to people uh <laughs> so there's that which i i get your your point right like mm-hmm. that is a, a thing that people need to like come to terms with right mm-hmm. but then i think the flip side also is like maybe the thing you need to think about is like what your core competencies are besides acting right? i love that i love that because idea. i i want people to feel empowered to go shoot their own thing for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. but maybe that means putting together a team mm-hmm. maybe that means writing it yourself mm-hmm well, let's I, talk about writing. Can or, we talk about writing? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to talk, about, okay, writing. talk one, about writing. One of the most fascinating guests we've had re- on recently was this guy, Sam Zwiebelman, that mm-hmm. co-created Pen15 mm-hmm. with yes. Maya Erskine and yes, Anna Conkle. Yeah. I listened to said episode. Yeah. And um, what was interesting about that one is that uh, he they it's not like he pitched the show to them or they pitched the show to him. Mm-hmm. He saw them. He's like, you two are fantastic, hilarious, hilarious actresses. Right actors mm-hmm. one of them is an actor one's an actress right um and <laughs> they were like let's get together and let's come up with a show that sure. we can pitch and let's write it together and uh i, I just like love that idea because you see that show and you're like oh it's so genius like there's it, they must have been this must be their childhood it's about mm-hmm. them it's about this and you realize like no we just got together and we're like let's make something and mm-hmm. that's what came out of it mm-hmm. and now he has another show that's like the exact same thing he found this actress that he loved and they got together and they're like what's it show that's gonna hit in a way and so I think like to what Matt's saying and to what you're saying is like writing and showing your voice but maybe teaming up with someone whose core competency is the camera work or the editing what I love about the concept of core competency which you know you should trademark that shit that's great okay trademark Um, I've never heard that term before what I love about (laughs) core competency is that it's acknowledging, which is, I want you to know, hard for actors. It takes it takes a special breed to be an actor. And listen, if you're an actor listening, you know that I love you. You're my people. But we're a special breed. And it takes acknowledging sure. that maybe you're not good at everything. Sure. Yeah. And to be an actor takes a really special blend of belief that you're just the most incredible thing that anyone has ever met. Do you remember that episode of 30 Rock where <laughs> Tina Fey is like dating John Hamm yes. and he doesn't know that he can't speak French because yes. he's so good looking? <laughs> yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. And I'm pretty sure he can speak French. I mean, clearly John Hamm was pretending he can't speak <laughs> sure. French, right, for the show. But it's one of these things that it requires 
a healthy dose dose of delusion mm -hmm. just to pursue it, right? So, and I'm fine with that. Which is true for filmmaking for too. For sure, for sure. But but for sure. I but I, I, you're, there's I a feel difference. there's a difference for the sure. Filmmaker friends that I know, you guys operate out of a sense of logic because. It was Story the, structure. We are less attractive, and therefore people treat <laughs> right. us differently. Yeah. So you, it's in, true. In, in a true so, way. So you have genuinely. to be smarter about yeah. it. Yeah, we sure. grew up having yeah. to prove ourselves in other yeah, yeah. ways. Listen. We were like, there's a reason we're funny. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? Listen, I hear you. I understand. I get it. Whatever the root cause is, the effect is still the same. <laughs> and I can't tell you the number of actors, you know, they, they write scripts, and what they're really writing, and I know, you know, younger writers do this too, but what they're really writing is like their tantrum, mm -hmm. right? They're writing mm -hmm. their tantrum. They're writing their like, therapy. they're writing yeah. their therapy, their yeah. vision board, sure. you know, yeah. stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it's actually completely lacking in something called structure, mm -hmm. something called theme. So, you know, they, they don't, they don't even understand, but it's, they're not doing that uh, because they're terrible people. It's because we've not been taught. Sure. And the thing that like, I also talk about on the podcast all the time is like story, 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 story. And I've come to feel that like in Los Angeles, like seven of them, seven people know story. Sure. Right? Yeah. And like none of them are actors. And it's not their fault. You know, we are raised uh, and and trained on... Jordan Peele is the exception. Yeah, yeah so. Jordan Peele is the exception. Uh, but we're raised and trained on the best work that's ever been written. We're training on Shakespeare. We're mm -hmm. training on O'Neill. We're, you know, we're training on Pulitzer Prize. It's taken me four years with the top actors in the 1940s. Right. Right. And all you really do have to do is show up, mm -hmm. be present, and receive. And then your job is to receive direction. And there's six weeks of rehearsal to fucking shape you. Yeah. Well, that sounds magical. Yeah, Hand me the nice. best piece of writing that's ever been written. Give me six weeks to get it ready with the best actors. Let's see what happens, right? right? That's the training program. And nobody's like, hey, actually what you're going to get is fake sides that were written by three at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> by somebody who's on cocaine and super drunk sure. at the same time. And we're not even going to use these sides. They're dummy sides. Yeah, yeah. And the how, jokes don't make or sense. Or even more fun, <laughs> yeah. like it's a commercial audition and you have no lines. You, you have no lines. To, yeah. uh, right. I mean, I loved, I listened to your Amanda Linker Doyle episode and I love that they were talking about, that you guys had a great conversation about the difference between commercials and theatrical. And it's like this fascinating thing to me where I'm like, help me help you. Please give me the spot ahead of time. Like why you want me to drive all the way to Santa Monica, be in the wrong outfit and then... <laughs> Like, I have to bring backup outfits in my car because you're yeah, like yeah. business casual. And I'm like, well, that's one thing if I'm the joke. It's another thing if I'm the antagonist. Like, sure. all these things. And I'm like, you're not breaking bad. Yeah, sure. Like, just, it's just give it to me. Yeah. Right? The, the problem is, is that they were rewritten the night before because I know. the client didn't like Listen, them. Listen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 100%. 100%. We Fine. feel the same way. <laughs> I know you do. Every Listen, everyone on the creative side feels the sure, same sure. way. But my point is, is that when it comes to story, actors, we have been taught in a way that really we fall very short. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have somebody like Brian Cranston who gets up and is like, once I started telling the story and not worrying about being a good actor, but just telling the story... I couldn't stop working. 
And everyone's like, yeah, that. But everyone thinks they're telling the story. Mm-hmm. But because they don't know, like, that there's a protagonist here. Are you here to, are you here to help the protagonist? Mm-hmm. Like, what? if you were out of the script, what would be missing from the script? Right, right. Nobody yeah. asks those questions. My wife, she gets sides, like, for auditions all the time yeah. where we're like, what is this referring to? Like, is she saying that, is this a person's name or yes. is it the word pajamas? You know, like, yeah. you just like literally have no context yes. for this audition. Well, like, this should is we do it both ways? Another of my favorite thing of um, the other podcast we'll all start creating, which is um, Living with Filmmakers, sure. which <laughs> is the number of times I work sides with my husband and he's so disinterested. And I'm like, I just feel like you're disinterested. Like, what's going on? And he's like, the writing's bad. It's bad. It makes no sure. sense. They play the same beat three times. It's bad. It's not you. It's the writing. And I'm like, well, I still have to go in and do an amazing job with this <laughs> terrible writing. Help me at that all. doesn't help me at all. And I need help. We have the exact opposite problem where my wife's like, stop trying to act it. Just <laughs> oh, say hilarious. Oh, no, no, no. My wife is like, oh, man, you need to put a little something on this. Because oh, right. I, I want to give like the the softest read possible uh, i just want to be like you want to give it to her neutral yeah. and yes. then like nice. oh damn it um i don't want to be with i mean anymore. that's that's hardly an exaggeration <laughs> of what it sounds like i don't i don't want to pull focus at all that's do you know hilarious. what i mean because well, and she's like help me the flip Matt's side is help too me. good behind right. there's so many times though that you'll you'll get a tape and you'll just hear somebody like acting their heart out on the, on other, the other side, side. and it's like oh well, you lo- literally you lost I the role yeah. if we are different. We're, yeah that's yeah. and that's i think that's the how the podcast works i suppose <laughs> yeah thing exactly. is like if somebody if not an actor sent me an audition and they had a gun in their hand and they're sneaking around their garage and yeah. they're shooting and they're it's lit nicely. Dude. I'd be like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. I would and Matt would save that and laugh at them later. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's hilarious. That's really because to me, an actor yeah. that is aware yes. that they are in a film. I want them to be different. in on the joke, but like when they feel amateur. Yeah, well, that's a different yeah, yeah. thing though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I talk to people about, especially self tapes in specific, like, you know, it's so funny. Like everyone's like, I hate self tapes, but then everyone's like, all we do is self tapes. I'm like, great. So that's sure. the way we that's work the in job. this town, yeah. Yeah. right? So, you know, I say like, if you're going in and out of frame because you don't know what you're doing, mm-hmm. then that's different from going in and out of frame to make purposeful cinematic point, or because it's hilarious. It's that's what I mean. It's hilarious yeah. to like pop into frame in the beginning and like it's going to get you noticed and I would be like no I don't like this <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, but awesome. this is where it would be yeah. important to watch stuff that you've done already and go you know what I pop people into frames in my all stuff the all the time okay then I wouldn't but... book your job and then I would <laughs> no, just be like I don't know you just need to listen to our podcast yeah, yeah and no true. don't and then... pop into frame <laughs> in <laughs> his audition yeah just Matt. like I just yeah. want I want to see your face mm-hmm. and do the lines yeah what I really love is that you're doing this episode about a, a series about talking to actors and I'd mm-hmm. love to hear from you guys what that is about well we're still figuring it out okay good um, yeah, like but we're I, in the I, and it's kind of like actors in, in terms of their relationship with either also being creators or filmmakers yes, I understand um, uh-huh. and also their relationship with filmmakers right yeah I, I think that um, the podcast can be really business oriented mm-hmm. and so in an attempt to just get into the craft in a more specific way mm-hmm. but still keep the interview part mm-hmm. i think it was like oh let's just talk to some more actors and figure out what they like what their questions are what their misapprehensions are yes. how we can help work with them yeah, and I then that. hopefully you know our listeners are better for it uh-huh. they also maybe 
I mean, this is not at all part of the thinking, but just the fact that they're probably better at promoting. Yes, <laughs> sure. that they were on a podcast than. Uh, it's true. I have all a these fervent fan base. Yeah, there you go. Do you? They're I mean, a, there you go. A fervent group. I'll, let me tell you yeah. about actors. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are passionate. Well, I want to go back to a question I asked sure. Matt uh, a little while ago because mm-hmm. I do think I think writers definitely really care about having agents and courting mm-hmm. agents and. Mm-hmm that you write a writing sample and mm-hmm. you try to send it to agents and try to get it read and get assistance to yeah. see it or whatever. Yeah. But directors, do you, do you ever know directors that are making things to try to get an agent? Mm. I, I like don't, I've never really heard that, but you hear actors and, and writers do it all the time. I, you know, I think that there's the thing of like doing the festival circuit and like, yeah, but everyone knows that that's a hoax now. Yeah. You, you know, it is and it isn't right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I, I, I think, think from our experience, it is really. yeah not I, for filmmakers i would mm. say that like submitting blindly to a place that you don't have any connection to right is pretty rough mm-hmm. yeah but like oh getting into a festival is a hoax but yeah but doing the festival circuit whether it's a sundance or well sure i mean there's things festival. like sundance and there's things like the los angeles comedy festival sure. Film festival which is which is so, so nice actually <laughs> so I mean, nice. Festival. um <laughs> but yeah no no there, there are good festivals and there are bad festivals mm-hmm. and then there are your triple a yes big time festivals yes. but there's but, every festival you either sell your thing mm-hmm. <laughs> or you meet other yeah, cool you meet awesome people yeah, or you see how bad everybody else's work is and you feel better about being a, a <laughs> That's a very creator, good way to look at which it. Which is important, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. again, it's you're like only looking booster. at the best stuff, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, that's important, I think. I think there's a thing also of like with the shorts and the festival circuit stuff mm. of like what we call Hollywood viral, mm. right? Like I can, I know plenty of filmmakers that like didn't get huge views on their Vimeo staff pick or sure. whatever or even didn't even get a Vimeo staff pick. And they still got representation or some mm. sort of heat mm-hmm. because right, like you Broad know, just, City is the famous example, yeah, right? right. That you bring up. Yeah, yeah. But even like I, I've got a, a friend at Sundance. I, I have a short that didn't get into Sundance mm-hmm. last year, but he's you're the one. I'm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah the exactly. One. Um, but they still screen shorts every single Friday at lunch or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So like, yeah, they're like, we don't. I've only seen thirteen hundred shorts this <laughs> That's week. So true. <laughs> So well, true. not everyone who works at Sundance is a programmer. That's you know true. what I mean? Right. So there's a, still a lot of people who love film and mm-hmm. aren't watching movies for a living. Mm-hmm. But just as an example, right? And so same thing, assistants have to like share things around and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So so in that way, I think that there are ways that directors are hoping to get noticed. But I think also we're at a point in our careers where we know that agents just literally every single agent I've ever had came to me. And like every time I've ever solicited or like my manager has yeah. reached out to somebody different, right. it hasn't worked basically. Right. And that's every filmmaker we've ever had or every listener we've ever had that's written us a question like, I just need to get a manager. I just need to get an agent. Mm-hmm. So we had my manager on mm. two years ago mm-hmm. and he was, I was like, how have I asked him if any of his clients were from cold submissions and he said, zero, no. no, absolutely zero of them. Yeah. And I said, well, how do people find you? He's like, well, they're in my network. They Somehow they get to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what? how can our listeners get to you? And he's like, well, now that they listen to your podcast, they're in my network. So if mm-hmm. you send the guys that just shoot it an email, they can forward it to me mm-hmm. and, um, maybe, and maybe I'll look at their stuff. Mm-hmm. And people are still forwarding Same us stuff. that stuff. And I don't know. Oh I think maybe one person, it might have led to like Something. an email exchange. Yeah. I mean, I would say most of our work the vast majority of our work comes through a personal connection or network or someone right. seeing our reel that's why and, and you can not cut our this. agents 
right aimed at like the new filmmaker the new actor Mm -hmm. like uh the misconceptions of what the industry is like yes but i'd love to talk for a second about like more like the journeyman people yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. like the us like the people that have been here sure 10 to 15 your Mm co-stars your guest stars cranking that stuff and a lot of it and i'm curious um because i from what i've heard on your podcast Mm. And our podcast, like, like I guess something that I think is interesting about your podcast hmm. um, is that you like talk about things you booked in, mm-hmm. uh-huh. in yeah. your intro. And we also talk about it, but I'm like always kind of like hesitant to like, mm-hmm. yeah, to oversell we, it. We leave out for sure. But but also I'm, I just kind of feel like you can be in this business for 15 years and still be totally clueless. And so like, I don't think of me as an expert i think of me as mm-hmm. like having an opinion you mm-hmm. know and very much having like having some information hopefully yeah it, i guess the biggest thing that i feel strongly about is that everyone's like afraid of gatekeepers and negative like there's a lot of negativity and like yes. oh they don't mm-hmm. like me and i think or even like hollywood is so phony baloney yeah. yeah 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 and i think that is something that we feel very confident trying to dispel because we've me been too. on many sides of the equation and know that mm. Every decision is made either by someone who, like a lot of people in power don't realize that, that you know, actors don't like to sit on set all day when they only have a line at the beginning of the day and the end mm-hmm, of the day, you know, mm-hmm. like they, they're just clueless about it or that like, you know, you talk on your podcast, like in an audition, the director and the producer, they want you to be great just as much as you, you want do. to be great. Sure. Yes, right. Yeah. Like they're not, it's not them versus you. So I think that's something we dispel. But in terms of like the way in or what you should do, or like you mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast that like. Casting directors hate postcards, mm-hmm. but I know there's some, some casting them. directors. Sure. Yeah, or not yeah. love them, but they're helpful. Like Sharon Bialy has this book, right? And she talked about postcards. And she's like, look, 99% of the time you send a postcard, Nothing. I might glance at it and it goes in the trash can. But if I happen to be casting a, a part that you might be like uniquely good for, I'll give it Going to my assistant. The, the, the magic that you were talking about yes. before. Right. Like there is a, you know, that slim chance yes. right and so in the is way, it worth the postage to you basically mm-hmm. yeah and in the way that matt doesn't like when people pop into the frame and i do like when people pop into the sure. frame mm-hmm. like there's to me it's like none of us are experts and but but i still want to talk on this podcast and this is actually a problem that matt and i had in the beginning of this podcast mm. where we're like we started getting the impression that our listeners and guests didn't really realize that we were even directors, you know? <laughs> sure. Because we were so kind of, we just n- never talked about ourselves mm-hmm. because we felt weird about it. Or, or we also, you, you, in an attempt to like try and empathize with people and talk about the struggle and yes, like what it takes right. to be a working director, people right. are like, oh, well, these guys aren't working, working. at all. Uh-huh. And yes. Or you just don't want to sound like you're bragging. There's a anxiety that I think we have about mm. being gurus i think we talked to ted sim a little bit about it like that's not a thing that we want to be in the slightest bit do you know and so and the reason i wanted to bring this up is because i think it's relevant to all people like we were talking about before we started recording that there are new filmmakers that they made all these shorts and they were nominated for a student oscar they won their their film schools or high schools like film competition but Mm. they come here and they're like so embarrassed to say that they're directors because they don't make their living living as a director or acting actors is more so right yeah yeah, I mean, like, I, how do you find that in you to be like, hey, I'm fucking. I'm working. an actor. I think that. 
I think for one, I really talk about on the podcast, don't for a second let the fact that there are many of us devalue at all what we do. Mm -hmm. And I have such an integrity point of view about that, that if you listen to any of my podcasts, it's clear as day that I really believe in what all of us sitting at this table do. I believe that people have really hard lives and uh, they have hard days and they need to come home to entertainment and they need some relief. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if that's through like a really dazzling Grey's Anatomy episode, if that's through The Handmaid's Tale, whoever finds uh, that relieving. The or, second democratic you know, debate. The second democratic debate. primary debate. Or whether that's through uh, Big Bang Theory. Like it doesn't matter to me. I find all of it really valuable and is part of the beauty to me of like the life experience, mm -hmm. like being alive. And I think I felt embarrassed maybe my first couple years here saying it because I was like waiting tables and I was like, I'm an actress. Mm -hmm. you Where'd know? you wait tables? Oh, so many places. I waited tables at a place called uh, the Grand Lux Cafe, which is like, Ooh, yeah. you remember Ooh, the, the Lux? A good one. I got real. On, at the bottom of the Beverly Center. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was it. Sure. Yeah, no, uh, that was real. You couldn't have said a better place. Oh, that That's was, like, yeah. it's the place where everyone starts working. Yeah, it's yeah. like the Cheesecake Factory, that, yeah. right? <laughs> and so there were a couple of years, but I think, um, I don't know. I, th I think I just got over it because my integrity and passion for the work is is really hard to deny i feel and you know especially la gets like a rap right of like like you said of you know it's mm -hmm. soul sucking and nobody cares and i couldn't argue with that more i mean i yeah, feel yeah. that the people who are in this town who are doing the work are the most passionate curious um Depressed. emotional depressed but also <laughs> sure, committed committed right say, high yeah. high but with great lows come great highs right sure. like it's it's people who have the strength to withstand those two mm -hmm. differences right and the gap in between and when i was able to really see it i could also see a difference in my approach to a lot of actors i've mm -hmm. never you know obviously i have a fucking podcast that i do to take up my time right sure. so like i've never given a halfway lazy apathetic meh, just whatever i want to do hang out attack on my work i've mm -hmm. only ever been in this all the way and why i have the podcast is, is i felt like i've been in this all the way for so long and and never mm -hmm. saw results and then i started understanding that there was like a business here to be figured out and strategies to be handled mm -hmm. that are like known business strategies Right. That I just Buy didn't low, know about. Sell high. Right. Yeah. But so, but I guess from an applicable point of view, do mm -hmm. you find that when you found that confidence to say like, I'm an actor, I booked mm. this thing and I booked this thing and I had three bookings this month and I'm doing a commercial and I'm doing this feature that when you started talking to people like that, mm. do you find that it turned them off or that it made them more likely to want to hire you or look at your work and be interested in who you are? Because I know as a filmmaker, like if you're at a party, and you just meet some random person. You're yeah. talking, you're waiting in line for to do a keg stand. Yes, right. All you ever do. Weekday night Normal dad behavior. Yeah. 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 Uh, when you're like, yeah, I kind of direct a little. I'm trying to direct, you know, but I mostly edit or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, versus saying like, I'm a director, you know. Yes. Uh, I just well, had a shoot and I have a shoot last week that... 
if they're you, more likely to go check out your website or your work with the, with the second story. Here's the thing. If you're in that environment, you're like waiting for the gig stand. Um, <laughs> yeah. You say, oh, I'm a director. The follow-up question inevitably, same with an actor. Yes. It's like, what have you done? What have you done? And if you have an answer that satisfies that, then I think it's the same result without feeling quite so anxious about like name dropping necessarily right well you know? i would be like or, or have you heard of audrey Moore? <laughs> yeah sure. i i have her, her on my podcast <laughs> audrey Hills. i mean Godless. legit though i want you guys to prepare yourself the moment this goes live anywhere you go where there's an actor they'll be like oh my god you are an audrey helps actors like they will literally attack you i've been given the feedback that that's true okay so what i was going to say about that is this is actually part of the mission of the podcast honestly is to get rid of this embarrassment and shame about where you are versus where you think you should be. And having an understanding of like, what is a realistic expectation? Mm -hmm. Because I now sitting on this side of my career, look at people on whatever side of career they've had, and I find this feature, and I'm sure you do on the directing side too, nothing but empathy and understanding actually. Like I just look at them and I'm like, oh yeah, no, I know where you are. That's hard. You know, yeah. or like, oh yeah, no, I know where you are. That's ex- that's exciting. I hope yeah. something comes of that. Uh, check, please. <laughs> I'll take the check, please. Right, but there, but we've both also seen people that are like, hey, check out my web series. Have mm-hmm. me on your, you know, like sure. like like, like it, directors is, and, actors, and actors, and actors, like actors. Like you should cast me, and you see what they've done so far, yes. and you're like, you're okay. not ready, right? Like you see, that's a really hard thing because. The you're not ready thing is something that, again, I'm really trying to open actors' eyes to because there's so much delusion about an entitlement about what you're really qualified for. And, you know, I'll say to them, like, well, you know, how many auditions did you have last year? And they're like, 20. And I'm like, well, what happened? They're like, I didn't book any of them. And they're like, okay, well, those aren't great statistics. Like there's a problem to be solved here. Mm-hmm. And this thing that you just said of, well, you're not ready is going to be really triggering to a lot of actors because they're all scared deeply that they're not ready. And also they're all being, not all of them, must, many of them are being lied to by their acting teachers. They're being lied to um, by people who maybe don't even know better, mm-hmm. right? And who are trying to be encouraged? Who are trying to be encouraging, sure. or or don't even know better and just think like you're great, mm-hmm. right? And don't understand that there's a difference between being really great in your scene study class and then that translating into you being outstanding in an audition that will then book you a job, right? Mm-hmm. And the panic and underlining fear that you're not ready and nobody's telling you is very real for actors. Mm-hmm. I'm and sure. so I don't even though. It could be true, right? Like to me, especially think, on a commercial. Yes. When you have an actor that's never been on set before. Yes. It takes longer than it, an actor that has been on set. Before. But see, that's really hard for actors to swallow because they feel like so insecure about that truth mm-hmm. because they're in so much shame and frustration about the fact that they're not ready. And they're so angry that nobody's being honest with them. And I, 
I don't know why people aren't being honest with them. I mean, Jenna Fisher, uh, you know, if you've read her book mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. she talks about, I, I wonder if it's because everyone's really nervous about being that director that told her, like, if she's not willing to get naked in this town, she'll never work. Like, everyone's really nervous that you say that to the actress that then gets famous and writes a book about what a jerk sure, you are, right? right. But at the, I feel that actors are starving for somebody to be like, that wasn't good enough. You're not ready. And it's not because you're bad. It's not because you've done anything wrong. It's because you actually haven't put your hours into that skill. Mm -hmm, and right. go and put your hours into that skill and you'll be ready. My, yeah. I, I would never say you're not ready, but I would say like, hey, can you send me like three things you've done before for me to watch? You know, like, right. which but I'm, you might I'm trying even... to say like, hey, if you've never done anything before that you can send, that you feel. But you see, I find me. with actors, it's delusion. Again, they'll go like, oh, but he asked for more of my material. Oh, that's what, right. that's, yeah. that's what yeah. they'll tell me is like and then this director and he asked for more material they'll yeah. never hear like I didn't have anything to send him and then I'm like the one who's like great so did you send him anything and they're like well I had done this short thing with my sure. friend like in our apartment and uh, I think it's it pretty good yeah, <laughs> and yeah I'm there's like, some stuff that I'm proud of no yeah or I mean Orin and I we have I'm trying to think of what episode it is mm. but we had a long conversation about auditions and mm. what the most sympathetic uh action can be Maybe. because i am like a, hey thanks so much good you know like one take we're mm -hmm. done mm -hmm. whereas oren likes to give them the shot of like i like get nervous it. that the actor like, outside they're like they they heard that they had three takes so oh yeah yeah three. sure right. sure sure yeah. and again it's because we're both married to actors so we're just trying right. to figure out like what's the most empathic so way to to Handle this. Handle this, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I can't answer that question. I wish I could. But I will say that what I really encourage actors to do is to gather more data. Mm -hmm. Because if they have an audition with you and, you know, it goes really well, but they don't book anything, that to me is like not enough data. If they have 20 auditions that they think is going really well, but then they don't even get a pin or an mm -hmm. avail or anything, then that to me is, well, there's something to be looked at. And it might not even be talent related. For commercials, it's often like cut your hair. That's all it is, right? Well, the commercials, it's so... It's so random. So random. I, I don't I don't know that there's data to really be mined, honestly, <laughs> because and I don't mean to undermine anything. Yeah, but, no, I understand. But I've said explicitly this is the only actor worth casting yes and they've and, gone and they've gone up with someone else Listen, many times they people who i've disliked have gotten cast right and like you know sometimes people are like i don't like the way that person looks and it's because their ex-wife looks like that person what's really important about commercials and you're with actors so you understand this what's very different about commercials that's good for feedback is you do get callback numbers and you do get avail numbers and they put like eight actors on avail now so sure. those are now really great data numbers to know that you're working properly I, yeah, I, I try to put yes, people on avail, but there's still I, I I try to put as few people on avail as possible. Yeah, and I only put them because Kara is like even she just auditioned for yeah. Jordan Brady. He texted me, he's like, oh, I just saw your lovely wife. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And then um, he's like, she's lovely and hilarious. And then she's like, oh, he could have at least put me on avail. Avail. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess he that's could have just true. like literally as like because to her agent, right? That looks, sure, that looks sure. better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess that's the thing. But to me, it still is more feedback and theatrically used to have callbacks and sure. we don't have that anymore and that used to let your reps know that like you were working properly which mm -hmm. as you know as directors is just really what you can do like you can work really properly do your best work and at the end of the day 
what works for the story based on which actor they grabbed for what offer for then some casting mm-hmm. of some essence sort of mishmash it together and we'll see what the right, fuck we got right. right i get really nervous about trying to dig too deeply in things that from experience on the other side are just so random and so hard to really parse data from that it, it makes me nervous nervous yeah exactly i understand because i know how emotional it is totally you know I mean? yeah because um, we talked about what you what, what actors I think find helpful for uh, directors. Uh, what is it that you would like to say to a fervent group of actors of all levels that you can communicate to them? Um, no hard feel, no pressure. Don't sure, email no. us your headshots. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> for sure true. Yeah, don't no. don't don't email me. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. will actually like. You we can, can email really... me. You can email me if you want. Um, like a download link that's yes. actually okay, okay. Good. here's what i say about the emailing and we should actually really do this because it's a thing is just listen to me you guys if you're to the audio helps actors listeners i say this every time i have somebody on that i feel like oh, just be careful is that it's actually not great that if you do that that it what it does is it floods their emails and then that's more time that they have to spend and more to delete on and I just ask you to really respect their time. And the better way to do it is, you know, go to their live show, listen to you their podcast. Come say hi. Come sure. say hi. All of that sort of stuff. But if you're like, you know, cast me in your thing. Like, I just am always talking to you guys about really trusting in a natural evolution of relationship over enforcing yourself into somebody's space. Yeah, without a, and, and with the caveat. If we know each other, if we got to know each other, yeah, we worked sure. together a bunch, if right. we were friends. Like I heard you real, on Audrey Helms Actors. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah, that stuff is fine. Um, but like, otherwise, you know. Yeah, yeah. no. But honestly, if someone emailed me and said like, hey, I listen to your podcast and I like this thing and thanks for doing it, mm-hmm. that would be totally normal. But if someone, I mean, the emails that I've gotten a lot and I'm sure it's just people sure. looking up on IMDb Pro, yes. people like a thousand yeah. director's email addresses. Yeah. Is like, hey, I'm you know I'm in LA and I'm work looking for work and I here's my resume and here's my headshot. I've never once like ever called in. I love that. Or, or I'll get the email of like, I know I'm definitely right for this role. <laughs> no, right. Nothing turns me. you off more, right? Nothing. Yeah. Literally, like you're blacklisted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's this interesting thing. Like, I will remember you, but not the way you want me to. Yes. I will not remember you. (laughs) I think it's this interesting thing that I've experienced of, like, the show that you are dying to get on, you're just never going to be on. You're just not going to because you're too passionate about it, and it scares everybody instead. Anything else you want to say to them? Um, I would, you know, I was making the joke before. I think that it's hard for actors, especially when they're first getting smaller roles. Uh Uh-huh. I'm probably not going to talk to you too much. And that's yes. kind of a good thing. Yeah. Right. Um, which is a hard thing to hear for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, but we've got a lot of stuff on our plates. And yes. so I really actively try to remind myself of where actors are emotionally. And I try my best to go out and like reach out to them, but sometimes it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, sometimes I'm going to miss it. Yes. And so when I say moving on, that really does mean everyone did a great job. And like Let's now we go. get to go do the next thing. Yes. And so it is the highest compliment I pay everybody mm-hmm. in, across all departments mm-hmm. um, because I'll keep shooting until we get it right. Yes. And so I'm sorry if I, I don't make the time sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, or if I get pulled away or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'll add two things about auditioning. One, and I, you probably have covered these ad nauseum on no, your I podcast. Love it. but I It's good to hear th- for them to hear it from... 
not me, right? right. Yeah. Um, so number one is like if I'm eating and your audition it has nothing You're to hungry. do with you. I've mm-hmm. seen 40 actors that day. Yeah, like I, no one's ever said anything to me, but I've mm-hmm. my actor friends have been like, oh, he's like eating a sandwich and answering emails during my audition. Like, first of all, if they're not paying attention to your audition, they're probably not the decision maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's so important because you'll see six so, assholes on their phones or on their laptops yeah. even. Mm-hmm. So don't let that. Don't I know it's it. impossible. Don't worry about it. Easier yeah. said than done, but try to not let that throw you. Um, yes, because. They wouldn't waste their time. If and it also bothers us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we want them to watch as well. To me, they, I've told producers like, hey, if you want to talk, like they'll whisper during an audition. I'll be like, that's that absolutely not acceptable during mm-hmm. an audition. If you want to talk, if you want to be on your phone, if you want to email, if you want to text, mm-hmm. I prefer you don't, but that's okay. But like there's no whispering, you mm-hmm. know, during an audition mm-hmm. or even like walking in or out of the room. Um, right. But but eating is just something we have to do during the day. And the reason we're eating in the room is because we want we've spent too much time with the actors, you know? Right, right. Um, and then that- Yeah, well, I'd rather audition a couple more people and eat a sandwich in front of you than like send people home. Right, you know? yes. But I think when you're talking about that, you're talking about commercials. Sure. Like y- there aren't a lot of producer sessions even happening anymore where it's like you and the producer theatrically. Sure. And then you're just like so hungry, I have to eat the sandwich. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's Correct? true. When I've done theatrical or like even more branded series stuff, I mm-hmm. mean- yeah, for my per- I always like to see as many actors as I can possibly see. So yes. I, uh-huh. and I'm always yeah, hungry. Yeah, no, that's true. No, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Was there a second thing? Something yeah, my second thing is, and again, this might be just a me thing, but yeah. like that your order, the order you're auditioning in yes. makes a huge difference to whether, uh, mm, tell to me, about me that. like whether I'm going to be interested in what you're doing. If you're the first person of the day, it's toast. First of all, it's not toast, but I'm probably going to redirect you a lot. I'm mm-hmm. going to try things out. And I always try to tell actors, like, just so you know, you're a first person for this role. So yes. we haven't, we're just kind of figuring it out. We're going to mm-hmm. try different things. Just so you know, actors know that. And then casting directors have had a lot of problems because if you know you're first, you'll show up late. Mm-hmm. And then it starts the whole session late. I've, I've cast people, the first person. That you can. You I've can. Had, yeah. It's like setting the precedent. It yeah. happens. But we know that, like, we're all working it out. Right. Sure. But, but I don't think that's especially it's actually to me one of the best auditions because I get to see if you're taking direction. I get to see if you're adding yeah. to the blocking. Mm-hmm. Or you get doing to things. learn to like them. Yeah. I you see. know, mm-hmm. but I prefer you don't go too off script if you're the uh, first person because I, I want to see if my it script works. even works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're the last person of the day, mm. it's like I've seen this a hundred times. So like that's when the sentimentality can really bug me. Yes. You know, yeah. because I've seen 40 different actors. And if you think like, like, oh, it'd be really funny if I took a bite in the middle of this or, yeah. you know, or did like odds are that I've, we've already seen it. So like, don't be overly proud about like yes, these little saying. improv moments. Uh-huh. A button is fine, but it, it, it's not going to get you the job or not get you the job. I'm okay with a button sometimes. Yeah. 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 Like um, late in the day. But like yeah, but anything late in the, to spice the, it yeah. up. I understand. And I feel like actors hear that all yeah. the time. Yeah. Right? I mean, but, my, I know, especially as a commercial actor, like I, I, I do um, have my, luckily I, I have my hand in both pots. I'm, I stride both lanes. I don't know what the metaphor is, but I do work in both fields. It's, uh, it's thumbs uh, crossover. and Crossover. Yeah. Thumbs <laughs> sure. um, I do do crossover a lot. And, I know that like my job commercially is really because it, none of this is going to make it into the commercial. It's just so that everyone there feels like Audrey's great. Right. She's entertaining. Sure. 
she's great. She'll come up with some stuff maybe if we need her to. Right. You know. And I also yeah. like to see that she knows how to read the room. Like yes. some rooms are like, hey, how are you doing? How's your day going? How's the weather? How's the traffic? Other rooms are like, okay, can you get stand on your mark and yes. slate? Yeah. And by the way, I'm almost never paying attention during the slate because that's mm. the only time I can like be sending emails and yes, things. And right. it's like uh-huh. not important at all how, yes. to, how you slate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like weird pressure on actors to like slate the right way or whatever. Yeah, that's a different thing though. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's like again a, weird teachers teaching yeah, weird yeah, stuff right. that yeah. doesn't exist doesn't, anymore. Yeah. 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 And uh-huh. also, it's so strange. Hand, don't, don't, don't shake. Oh, yeah. If you try to shake my hand. Are still shaking your hand? Is that a thing? It, uh, yeah. To me, it's the yeah. oh, number God, one no. giveaway that you haven't Listen. auditioned a lot. Okay, let me talk to my We do, we, and very unfortunately and very sadly and much to, uh, against our will, we do work with a lot of non-union mm-hmm. actors and mm-hmm. a lot of them will try, will come yeah. shake your hand. So a lot of them are what we call, not non-union, but we call them pre-members. Because <laughs> they will be members someday. Sure, it's right. only a matter of time. And to, okay, so listen, about the handshakes. If no one's told you yet, don't do it. It's it, He's absolutely right. It's the biggest flag that you're green, that sure. you want to shake anyone's hand. So do yourself a solid, look like a pro, and never, ever, 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 ever shake anyone's hand. You like unless, they go, unless they come If they to reach you. out. Yeah. yeah. If they reach out, don't be like, ugh. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that. Well, oh, I'm sick. And then I have one last question. Um, when it comes to directing and casting this is i think a big thing that actors really are just uh in a kerfuffle about as far as like relationships and what relationships you focus on and what you make is there's a lot of i'd say uh points of view about like go share your own stuff go work with other actors go work with directors go you know build those relationships versus what you know which i would call like side door relationships versus Mm -hmm. like go meet with casting directors, go make impressions with casting directors, build those mm-hmm. relationships and put your focus on that. Now for you, your wife got started so early in the business that it's a different game sure. for her. But, you know, how much of what, I'd love to, to give like a percentage rough estimate, how much of what you cast, the actors that you have actually cast, have been people that you never knew, that you never saw, who came into the room and blamma blew you away, and how much of them is mm-hmm. you've known them before, either that you've seen them in another audition and they did a great job, you know them personally, you've worked with them before, something like that. For me, non-union jobs, 95%, I have no clue who they are. Who they are, great. SAG jobs, probably more like 50%. You know yeah. who they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably around correct for me. Mm. But I will say if... Chrissy and Amanda are like, oh, you're going to love this one? Yes. I will pay They're 10 times more attention. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that. That that to what degree are you, um, when a casting director mm-hmm. like them comes to you and says uh, that they're passionate about somebody, uh, to what degree does that ever have an influence over your uh, casting decisions? I mean, a huge. That like does. Like, it, like well, the... Gi- it, it the will, most valuable, I would say. And that's, that's partially be, it'll, because... It'll make a difference between a callback and no callback, for sure. Will it make a, a difference between a booking and no booking? I've had plenty of... I don't work with a ton of casting directors, but mm-hmm. the, so the ones that I like, I love, mm-hmm. you know? And so I take their opinions very seriously. So it's interesting... Well, for me, you, only as a tiebreaker. Like a if tie it's between breaker, two yes. people and they're like, great. well, we worked with this person, they everyone we get great love feedback that. on them. 
Yes. But if it's like, here's our one, two, and three, and they're like, oh, this three person, he just booked this thing and he's going to blow up and he just, yeah. he's the Geico guy. You're like, nah. I'm like, I'll bring that up. Maybe I'll think about it. I'll look at their other work, yeah. but I, I don't think it would. But see, I, you said you don't work with casting directors that often, and that to no, me right, no, 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 with no, that no. many different casting directors. That many different. Oh, that many different I'm, I'm a loyal person. I understand. I love that. Yeah, yeah. No okay, loyalty. Good. So um, do you have a problem of them bringing all the same talent in all the time? No, but I will sometimes say, hey, bring in some ringers. Yes. Like, and we're also conflating like scripted versus commercials. Right. Like in a commercial situation, like, you know, sometimes people think they know what they want and then, you know, Mm -hmm. we brought in entirely wrong people and I'll be like, hey, like, you know, so-and-so, you need to like... And bring game up. Yeah, like bring some people in. Like, like, this is going to be a problem. And every project is different in terms Mm -hmm. of how close we are to the final say. Sure. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you don't get the final say. Yeah. How Usually, I mean yeah. um but so, but theatrically you do or theatrically it's up to producers sometimes too. Theatrically, too? I don't know. I did it I mean, you know, we did we've both done shows for this I know. company New Form that does right. like digital shows and yes. they really care about Instagram followers. Yes, that's right. And and so to them it's like this person was amazing, but this person less amazing but has a huge following and will do so much for Same. publicity. Same. Same. is important. It is. It's right. marketing. Yeah. yeah. It is important. Yeah. So yeah. And like, I would never, will never choose the marketing a- angle for me personally. Yes. Um, but and, but and they the, will. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think we also, as, I mean, you were saying like, uh, can you think of any director that's only a director? Mm-hmm. We're all also producing, right? Yes, that's so right. Yeah, that's right. I need people to see my show. And mm-hmm. so I have to make that calculus of like. Well, yeah, I'll use it to sell an actor many times. I'm like, and look at Hadri, she sure, has a sure, podcast. Sure. Yes, no, that's right. But right. I'm, I'm saying like, even if I'm like the decision maker, if they're like, Enlo, pick whoever you love, love best. Mm-hmm. Like, I still have to know, like, I need people. If a, people don't see this thing, yes. it's going to be a real problem. Because I'm right. going to spend a year of my life, like, busting my ass on it. Can I just like, for my listeners, really make a point about that? Because I really want them to understand that. That like, by the time you get to casting, a year is fast. Like it's usually like a four to eight year process, right? So like if a year has happened, right, for a feature. So like if you've gotten to it in a year, that's quick. And it's your career too. And you need it to go and you need it to get seen. So it's not being cast with that other actor, you know, who has more credits and has this maybe better agency, just like random willy nilly just to like spite Mm -hmm. you. It's like, it's not like, ah, oh, we want the popular kids no, versus the underdogs. Yeah, yeah. I love the way you put that. Yeah. It's not that we want the popular kids versus the underdogs. It's like, I need my project as part of my career to go. Mm-hmm. Without and, yeah. I, and this may give it a better shot in doing so. Yeah. I'll say one thing I do, even though it's not super easy or fun, is if mm. I ever call in an actor for an mm. audition, mm-hmm. um, I will, and they don't get it, which is most of the time, yes. then I'll email them and be like, Hey, thanks for coming in. Yes. This is, you were awesome. This is why you didn't, you get, didn't it. get it. Well, I love that. I mean, I can take a few seconds to talk to your listeners about what Please. actors really yeah. love. Um, first of all, if you have an actor who's worked a small role at the end of the day, please give them a hug and tell them how great they were. I don't, I always tell this to Jesse all the time. I'm like, I don't care if they weren't great. You don't know why they weren't great today. Maybe they're great all the time. Maybe, like you said, they're green, whatever happened. But we're we're vulnerable people at the end of the day, <laughs> and we and and <laughs> directors, yes, and and, 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 and actually, yeah, and and 
and directors, you guys are so in your heads sure. about what's the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I also think like actors don't understand that you guys are like bears where you're more scared of us than we are of you. And so like the communication can often be mm-hmm. very weird. I, right? I always joke and it's ins- insensitive, but the nicest thing I say to an actor is moving on. <laughs> yes, I know. Right. And yeah. I literally used to go to shoots where I was paid great money to act. And, and when they would keep moving on, I would think like, oh God, they're just so, uh, I'm they're not just make so, the final oh, yeah, well, I just think like, they just don't even care about me. Yeah, yeah. And then reverse, if they spent a lot of time, I would be like, God, they're just not getting it. Like it doesn't matter which way <laughs> sure. it goes, right? Yeah. So that I think is very important uh, for, for actors. Um, you know, this email, I love that. I think that's beautiful. I don't think that's realistic. I, yeah, I only you know? do it if I'm like, hey, you really I saw feel this. That way. I worked with this actress. She's great. Let's bring her in. Yes. She's a little old for the role, but let's just see what let's she does. Let's see what she does, right. And then she doesn't get it because she's a little old for the role. Right. I'll email and I'll be like, hey. Just FYI. I just thought you were really amazing. Have you yeah. tried to be younger? Yeah, yeah, right, right. I mean, those are wonderful. And I had a, a an acting teacher used to tell me I should make a folder of those. I used to just get mm-hmm. lots of them, you know, rejection letters, sure. right? rejection yeah, emails. Yeah. But I do think that if you're having a communication with an actor that they feel... Um, I, it's so interesting. I think unless you're an actor, you can't really know it. It's this hyper-awareness, hypersensitivity that comes about. And to whatever degree you can be gracious yet, it's a hard thing, gracious yet direct. Mm-hmm. I think they really, we really love. Um, I know that like there's a lot of directors out there who are like, oh, I'm going to be an asshole and get something out of you. Sure, yeah. But right. I I find um, we're just like children. You know, we like we like clear. Mm-hmm. Well, clear can I ask you a question, like a specific yeah. question? So I have mm-hmm. a friend, friend of a friend that was like came to audition for something, and mm. in his audition, he he was obviously nervous, and mm. he like just moved, like kind of clapped his hands a lot. Yes. In a way that just felt like he was not ready. That's what I mean yes. by not ready, right? I see what you're saying. Like yes. this is like your seventh audition and I yes. want it to be your 70th audition. Yes. Right? Um, and he emailed me and he asked for feedback. Like, hey, thanks so much for I having me. I would give me. him like, direct feedback. You would say you yeah. clapped your hands too much and it I seemed would. awkward? I would exactly do that. I would exactly do that because the people who are giving us feedback are mostly for being a working actor. Let's talk to stuff like that. Because a lot of people teaching us are not currently working, they're not, and I mean currently working. Like I have, I know acting teachers who've like stopped working in the last, who've stopped, you know, pursuing acting in the last like year or two, who are already giving out of date feedback. Mm-hmm. And I will hear their out of date feedback, and I'm like, that's that's not right anymore. Right. What like about just mail that VHS? Yeah, Let's exactly. adjust it though, because I think there's something very prescriptive about like, hey man, you were clapping. That's weird. Stop it. Yes. Something that would be a lot harder to take. Yes. Let's talk about that, right? I love like, that. I assume you still would be like, oh, listen, like, you know. You, like it you, felt like you were saying the line, like reading yeah. the script yes. as opposed to like. Because I think yeah, yeah. actually that actors, when when they're given a note that they know is true, it's not offensive. They might be ashamed that they're not ready yet mm-hmm. because it's a, it's a shock confront. Sure. I guess we don't want to embarrass them. Right, but I find when communications... To any artist, come out, come from 
a real desire to help you. Not a desire to be smarter than you, not a desire to smash you down, not a desire to of ego, but really like, hey, I just want you to know, I don't think you're ready quite yet. I think you could probably use some hours in like an on-camera audition class. I don't really know of one, but I think maybe you were a little moving a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. And the other actors just had a sense of ease that in the callback you didn't bring. I can tell you as an actor, I would have been over the moon because for one, it's real honesty back from somebody who's in the buyer position and not in the seller position. And that's a very specific difference. And two, somebody cared enough about me to give me honest, helpful direction Mm -hmm. in the growth of my craft. And I think we're all starving for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because even just hearing you say that, Mm -hmm. I totally see and acknowledge how valuable that could be and how scary it feels to Mm. be the person to deliver that to someone. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I do because I do talk to actors all the time. And, you know, a lot of my episodes are what I call leveling up episodes. So they're talking to actors who want to get to the next level. And I literally will watch all of their material and I go through all their stuff and I'll say like, you don't know how to audition yet. Mm -hmm. But it's always followed by, have you spent any hours learning how to audition? And they'll always say, I mean, some. And I'm like, some meaning like you've auditioned a few times or some meaning like compared to your scene study hours, what are we talking? And they're like, oh, yeah, probably like five hours. I'm like, great. You think five hours of learning how to audition is... Makes you a professional auditioner. Do you see what I'm saying? And... And, and because my intention is so like, because I'm fighting for them and I feel so many people are just out to take your money and I'm like fighting for you to learn and to get the career that I believe you really deserve, but you can't get because you've spent five hours learning how to audition. And right. nobody will say to you, I think you need to learn how to audition. Yeah. Well, something that I think you say on your podcast, which I found fascinating, and I think equally applies to filmmakers and writers and directors and mm. actors, is that like Olympics comparison. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which is like, if you want to be an ice skater in the Olympics, I mean, you brought up the NBA earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, like think of it? being an actor or a director mm-hmm. as that, or a writer as that. Mm-hmm. Like, are you eating, breathing, waking up at 5 a.m. and going mm-hmm. to the ice skating rink to write your pilot? Yes. Um, and I even want to especially say that about the difference between the professional pursuit and and what I think could be a, a hobby, passionate pursuit. Mm-hmm. And I'm devastated that so many people feel bad about the idea of any of it being a passionate hobby pursuit because a lot of people are very, like, they're filled in their life and spend thousands of dollars on incredible hobbies that sure. they are really passionate about. I think as artists, we forget about hobbies. Yeah. When I when I went full No, time, I know that that's true because I'm married to one and yeah, no hobbies. Yeah. Let me recommend pinball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or that's uh, my main hobby. cigar aficionado. <laughs> yes, whatever it is. <laughs> Just something you can zone out Geode, to. Geode yeah. uh, hunting. That's, that's actually exactly what I'm talking about because like who's going to make a living out of geodes like only a few sure. people but most right. people like it's a you great have to live in a tourist pe- right. trap town right yeah, yeah. but for most people it's like a passionate exciting hobby that like brings them to life and i say to them whether you're a director whether you're an actor whether you're a writer like 
okay, do you think you're operating at Olympic level, honestly? And also when you sign up to be the Olympics, everyone, when you, if you're going to tell your family, like, I'm going to be an Olympic skater, that's not just a commitment on your end. That's a commitment to all of them as well. It's a financial commitment. Mm-hmm. They're not mad that you're not coming home for Christmas because you're trying to qualify for the Olympics. Right. And they're in so your like corner for book, that. A great role. Right. They're not mad that you're not coming suddenly, home for right. But, Hanukkah or Christmas. Exactly. They're, they're forgiving suddenly. But I feel like if most people understood that what you're actually trying to do is qualify for the Olympics and they can make an educated choice about whether or not they want this to be a professional pursuit or they just really like ice skating. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, on that note. <laughs> just yeah. shoot it and just ice shoot. skate it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, thanks so much for talking of to course. us. Yeah. Thanks for having should, me on, you guys. Should we endorse some things? Uh, unpaid endorsements. I'll, I'll lead with Midsummer. Oh, yeah. You loved that. Boy, I really loved it. Um, Is it a horror film? So. Genre-y soft horror? It is. There's plenty of gore. Yes. However, I would say the actual scariest, quote unquote, scariest yeah. stuff happens relatively quickly. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that it lacks suspense. Mm. You know, you figure everything out very, very quickly. You I figure see. it out from the trailer. So is it just kind of eerie and concerning? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like um, it's okay. like a little bit of a fever dream. Um, interesting and the more I think about it the more I like it it's Uh shot incredibly well the visual effects are really great the performances are all incredible actually yes and then since I already talked about how I was going to endorse it I'll also double down The Farewell is also really great these are movies that this episode is like it's going to they're not going to be in theaters anymore but but, like right we'll rent it but rent them yeah Yeah, they're probably on their way so good uh, The Farewell is uh, really wonderful as well movies you guys yeah yeah. You know, directors, you guys love your movies. Yeah. It's easy to forget, though. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of great TV shows out there as well. Yeah. It's true. Uh, Audrey, what you got? Um, my new favorite TV show, which we're having a really great time watching, is The Boys on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Have you tried it yet? I haven't. I remember the comic and being like. Oh, it was a comic. Of course oh, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Did you know it was a comic? No. Fascinating. Interesting. It's Seth Rogen EP, right? Is it? Uh, yeah. Producer, right? Um, and it's about like it's like a superhero comedy. Yeah, it's basically a superhero dark comedy. Like, oh, say. we can do whatever we want. We're superheroes. No, you don't. I think what's so great about it, I mean, it just goes into whether or not you can actually digest things that are actually really clearly about Hollywood or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like we have to stop watching. Uh, like we can't. We couldn't watch Party Down after one season. Oh it man. Was too devastating season two you gotta get into it no we can't do it but uh the boys does a really good job at in sort of a sci-fi fantasy fiction way taking my world Mm -hmm. of our world of hollywood and all of the mess and lies of it all Mm -hmm. and turning it into a comic book tv show so that all of that reality is slightly more digestible oh interesting yeah it's very fun i haven't heard that read before that sounds good oh it's very clearly oh interesting well, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks thank for having me over. Yeah, this was great. So, it was a pleasure. Um, Obviously, we can find the podcast. Audrey helps actors everywhere. Right. But is there? Do you have a personal website as well? Uh, I'm just on. I, I'm the good old IMDb Audrey Moore, and then Audrey scores more on Instagram, and Audrey helps actors on Instagram. We do that Gram Life, 
And for my listeners, they can find you guys at Just Shoot It Podcast on uh, Instagram. Yeah, uh, it's Shoot It Pod. Just Shoot It Pod just across. Shoot it pod. We're not going to waste. Social. We don't want people to think casting. Nobody cares about casting. Yeah, right. Um, and the website, which will have links to everything that we talked about and all that stuff. That's fantastic. Um, at JustShootItPod.com. Yeah, that's great. And I'm at uh, O Kaplan on Instagram, and mm-hmm. I'm at Mr. Matt Enlow across everything. Uh, I love your director's reel. It's very funny. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's killer reel. It's very if you want to be in my reel, reel I'm ready. One million dollars. And you're to headshot. finance it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, cool. Well, so yeah, I guess that's it. Um, this episode is produced by Madeline Rosewatt. It's edited by Jay McAuliffe, and our webmaster is Ewan Williams. The music you're hearing right now is from the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazar.